name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. May His grace and His blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. I greet you, dear brothers and sisters, on this, the third Sunday of the blessed Coptic month of Tuba. And as we do every Sunday, we are gathered here this morning as the body of Christ to celebrate the Holy and Divine Liturgy and to receive communion with God through the Holy Eucharist. And our gathering today is especially joyful and blessed because today is the 21st of the Coptic month of Tuba, which marks the greatest and most important feast of St. Mary. Today we celebrate the feast of the Dormition of the Holy Theotokos Mary, which commemorates her death and passing away from this temporal life into eternal life. And whenever we celebrate one of the feasts or the commemorations of the Holy Theotokos or any of the saints for that matter, it is beneficial for our souls to meditate on the message behind this feast as well as the virtues and the holiness of those saints so that we may learn and benefit from their example. In the case of the Holy Theotokos, she is the model of perfect Christian virtue. She is the model of the perfect and true human being who loved God with her whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And in that sense, she is a model for us all. She is also the model of what it means to be a woman, the most beautiful female who has ever walked on this earth. And as such, she is a shining beacon of light for us to emulate both men and women in our quest for holiness. With God's grace today, I would like to meditate with you on the glory of the Feast of the Dormition of the Holy Theotokos in only three points. First, let us consider the background of today's feast so that we can all be clear as to what we are celebrating. Many of you know that in the Coptic Orthodox Church, the most popular feast of the Holy Theotokos is the Feast of the Assumption, which we celebrate every August after fasting for two weeks. The Feast of the Assumption commemorates how, after the Holy Theotokos passed away, her body was assumed into the heavenly places by our Lord Jesus Christ because he did not will that her body remain on earth because her pure body was his covering for nine months. Because we fast for these two weeks and then oftentimes have an active spiritual program in the church in the month of August, Many people consider the Feast of the Assumption to be the most important feast of the Holy Theotokos. But in reality, liturgically, today's feast is the most important feast of the Holy Theotokos because today we celebrate her falling asleep and the translation of her soul from earth to heaven. And the reason why this is more important than the Assumption of her body is found in the basic Christian understanding of salvation. What is salvation to us Christians? Salvation is eternal life with God in His heavenly kingdom. 
And we know that human beings cannot attain this goal of salvation without first passing through death. And for this reason, the death of the Holy Theotokos is a foreshadowing of every Christian death, not as an ending, but rather as a passing over into the next world in order to be united with God forever in his eternal kingdom. And I think this point is especially clear from the readings for today's feast, which we did not read because today is Sunday, and the Sunday readings, the readings of any given Sunday, which is a commemoration of the resurrection of our Lord, the readings of any given Sunday override the readings of any feast of any saint. But if you were to look at the readings for today, Tuba 21, you would see that they are exactly the same readings as the readings for the feast of the birth of the Holy Theotokos, the birth of St. Mary. In other words, the readings for her birth are the same as the readings for her death. And this is the church's way of telling us that her death was her birth into eternal life. And that is why this feast is more important. Now, how did her death come about? As we heard in the reading from the Synaxarion, the Holy Theotokos was praying inside the Holy Sepulchre, the tomb of Christ in Jerusalem. And she was in divinely informed suddenly that the time of her passing away was near. And in some accounts, the holy apostles who were scattered all over the world were instantly and miraculously transported to Jerusalem to be next to her deathbed. And finally, our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom is due all glory, came to her accompanied by thousands upon thousands of holy angels and told her that the time of her departure had come. She blessed the holy apostles and all of the virgins who were with her and gave her pure soul into the hand of her son and God, who took her soul and translated it into the heavenly habitations. The holy apostles buried her body in a tomb in Gethsemane, but sometime later they discovered the tomb was empty, just as her son's tomb was empty on one Sunday morning. In today's feast, therefore, we celebrate her falling asleep and her departure from this transitory world. And it's important to emphasize this fact today because this is one of the differences between Eastern Orthodox Christianity and Western Christianity. This is one of the differences, the minor differences between the Orthodox and the Roman Catholic churches. Whereas we Orthodox believe that the Holy Theotokos actually died, our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters do not believe she actually died, but rather that she was immediately taken up into the heavenly habitations. This is why when Orthodox and Roman Catholics speak about the Feast of the Assumption, they are describing two different things. For us, her Assumption occurred after her death, when her body was taken up into the heavens, but for Roman Catholics, her assumption took the place of her death. She was assumed instead of dying. But of course, we Orthodox, we don't accept this belief on the simple grounds that 
If our Lord Jesus Christ himself died, if our Lord himself tasted death, then all humans, including the Holy Theotokos, will taste death as well, for the servants are not greater than the Master. Second, let us meditate on what today's feast teaches us about death. In the passing away of the Holy Theotokos, we are reminded of the truth that death is not the annihilation of our existence, as many modern people believe, but rather it is a mere falling asleep and a departure. And this is why we call today the Feast of Dormition. The Feast of Dormition. The word Dormition comes from the Latin word Dormitio, which literally means a falling asleep. This is why in colleges, the place where students live and sleep is called the dormitory or the dorms. It's the place where they fall asleep. It has the same root word. And in Greek, the title for the feast is kimisis, which refers to someone gently nodding off into sleep, something I know you're tempted to do during the homily. Since Christians from the earliest times lived Christ's victory over death and believed that death was merely a falling asleep, they named the place where the dead were laying Kimitirion, which literally means the place of those who sleep. And this is where we get the English word cemetery. A cemetery is the place of those who sleep. And so in celebrating the Feast of the Dormition, the clear message of the Church to us this morning is that death for believers is not death or an annihilation of our existence, but rather it is a gentle nodding away into sleep. As the Russian Orthodox saint, Father John of Kronstadt, teaches us, the death of a person is just a change of place. A person departs this world and his soul occupies a place in another world, another age. And so we see that there is a contradiction between the church and our secular society in their understanding of death. In the church, death is a blessed repose, a dormition, a passing away, a falling asleep. And if you notice, in fact, we rarely use the word death in our liturgical prayers and hymns. But in secular society, however, death is the tragic end of all things, something that is to be feared and avoided at all costs. Most, if not all, of the advertisements in modern society seek to distract us from the reality of death. If only we purchase this car, this computer, this pair of jeans, this makeup, this shampoo, then our youth would be rejuvenated. But as I mentioned in our weekly series on death some months ago, our society has become so good at ignoring the reality of death that it has led to some very strange practices. Consider the fact, for example, that nowadays when a loved one dies, we go out of our way not to have any contact with the dead body. 
Funerals are prayed in a puzzling, puzzling, I can't get, grasp that word. Funerals are prayed in an inexplicable way with closed coffins. With closed coffins. People are told to leave the cemetery before the body is buried so that they won't see the actual burial. And in some sad cases, people are even cremated so that their loved ones can interact with burnt ash rather than a dead body. And some of these things might seem perfectly normal to you because this is the new norm in today's modern society. But up until recently, Christians faithfully kept watch next to a dead body and prayed psalms over it. Children had no problem attending funerals and seeing the body of their loved one and even kissing it. It was good for people to see these things because it reminded them of their ultimate end. But nowadays we have an irrational phobia of death in the sense that we don't ever want to be reminded of death. And the reason why I call it an irrational phobia is because at the same time we try to avoid actual death, we have no problem with fantasy death. We have no problem with the spectacle of death in TV shows and movies and violent video games. How completely odd and illogical it is for parents to refuse to allow their children to attend the funeral of a loved one or to visit a dying person in a hospital while at the same time allowing them to enjoy fake death in the media and in video games. A person can watch the depiction of death in a video game or on TV without feeling any empathy or any emotion whatsoever. And in the end, this hurts us spiritually because the more we try to avoid and ignore death, the more we make it into a fantasy, the more we allow our perception of death to be skewed by a modern world that does not believe in death, then the less we will prepare for our own deaths. But the message of the fathers, the message of the church is very clear. Remember the day of your death always. Keep the day of your death before you as you do everything so that you can be prepared and so that you can live as one who knows a time is coming when you will stand face to face with God. As the wise Solomon teaches us in the Holy Scripture, God is not the author of death. He did not create death. But as we know from the book of Genesis, death came into our lives through sin. And as long as we live in sin, we will be afraid of death. A person who constantly thinks not of God, but rather of himself and of the ways of the world, will naturally be terrified of death when he comes face to face with it. The spiritual person, however, is able to overcome this fear by listening to the teachings of the holy saints who counsel us to repent, to pray, to struggle against our passions, to work hard in our spiritual lives, to be patient, 
to live according to God's commandments, to seek union with Christ in everything we do. This is a recipe that will help us to face death in a more faithful way without fear. But as long as we live in sin, we will have that fear of death. Third and finally, let us speak about the Holy Theotokos' falling asleep and her silence. You know, dear brothers and sisters, when a person passes away, when a person dies, it usually means the silencing of their voice. As the psalmist wrote, For in death no man remembers thee, and who will give thee thanks in Hades? And elsewhere in another psalm, The dead shall not praise thee, O Lord, nor any that go down to Hades. Death has always meant silence. But in the case of the Holy Theotokos Mary, we see the complete opposite. During her earthly life, she excelled in the virtue of silence. We don't hear her speak much at all in the New Testament. In fact, her last words in the Gospel, according to St. John, come in chapter 2 of that Gospel. Those are the last words she utters in that Gospel very early on. But after her death and her translation into glory, the whole world hears the voice of the Holy Virgin Mary. Not that this matters, but National Geographic magazine recently published an article entitled How the Virgin Mary Became the World's Most Powerful Woman. Think about this, dear brothers and sisters. She began her earthly life as a powerless and obscure Jewish girl, but she became, by the end of her earthly life, the queen seated at the right hand of the King of Glory. And what happened in between her obscurity and her brilliant transformation into glory was the perfection of countless virtues, including humility and silence, obedience and faith. Because she lived in this way, her death was transformed into a brilliant falling asleep and a sharing of our Lord's victory over death. Because she perfected these virtues in silence on earth, her voice as the heavenly queen now reverberates in every generation. What about us, dear brothers and sisters? Do we have hope that our own deaths can reflect a similar brilliance? It certainly is possible, but in order for us to have the same encounter with death, there is work that needs to be done. Are we as humble as the Holy Theotokos? I don't mean humble in the sense of beating your chest and keeping your head down, because those are external actions that mean nothing by themselves. I ask if we are humble in the sense of constantly remembering our sinfulness and clinging to Christ with all our hearts because we know we cannot overcome our weakness alone. I mean humble in that sense. Are our hearts as pure as hers? Even when her normal plans as a Jewish young girl were turned upside down because of God's divine plan, she did not utter a single word of complaint. 
So pure was her heart that she did not give in to pride or anger or any of the other passions that tend to bring us down, especially in today's divisive climate. She accepted whatever was given to her and did not insist on making her opinions and her preferences heard and followed as we oftentimes do today. Are we as silent as the Holy Theotokos? She lived a life in her heart. As one of the fathers said, her silence is what made her a vessel fit to become God's treasure. In other words, she was able to contain the uncontainable God in her blessed womb for nine months because she maintained her silence before God and men. We living in the modern world are quite the opposite. In our homes, in our workplaces, in our social media, and yes, even in our church, if we feel we've been slighted in any way, we insist on speaking our minds. As the same father said, with us, because we talk so much, we are like a vessel holding water with a lot of holes, and everything is spilling out. Every time we speak out of pride, out of egotism, or out of any of the passions, we open up a new hole and we find ourselves unable of being a vessel for the living God. And I emphasize this point especially this morning, especially as we see the divisive political discourse that is all around us these days. We should always think twice about what we say, especially since you remember that the first recorded conversation between a human being and another being resulted in lies, deception, and ultimately death. The Holy Theotokos modeled for us all of these wonderful virtues. And what was the result of all of this? What was the result of her virtues? I want to conclude by reading to you a short passage from a beautiful homily from an Eastern Orthodox saint by the name of Theodore the Studite. Listen to these magnificent words that describe to us what the result of all of St. Mary's virtues are. He says, Now the Mother of God shuts her material eyes and opens her spiritual eyes towards us, like great shining stars that will never set, to watch over us and to intercede before the face of God for the protection of the world. Now those lips, moved by God's grace to articulate sounds, grow silent, but she opens her spiritual mouth to intercede eternally for all of her race. Now she lowers her bodily hands that once carried God only to raise them in a spiritual form in prayer to the Lord on behalf of all creation. For this reason, dear brothers and sisters, as we celebrate this holy feast, we pray and say, O Holy Theotokos, you who are the hope of all Christians, protect, watch, and guard the world and guard all of those that place their hope in Thee. To our Lord be all glory, to the All-Holy Father, to the All-Holy Spirit, to the All-Holy Son, and to the All-Holy Spirit, now and forever, and unto the age of all ages. Amen.